to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I am Hardy White. Join me now as we walk together, leaving footprints in the sand all over the place willy-nilly like a very confused tripping centipede in dress shoes was here on the beach with us running around us in an ecstatic frenzy of joy oh to be alive together said the centipede well hello my friends i consider the show that you're about to listen to a guided tour through your mind. Now you're thinking, what do I know about your mind? Exactly. I think that's where the fun lies. And so I will give a guided tour through this place that I have no idea what's going on. And I think it'll be great. Maybe I can point out some things that you've never noticed before because they aren't there. And we will go together. Now, for me, the human mind that I have and that maybe you have. Now, see, there's some debate. I don't know that you have the same kind of mind. You might be thinking differently. And I know a lot of people are differently minded. And so who really knows what's going on inside of you? And nowadays, we, we know that people can be perfectly replicated so that you could be a robot or a computer or something or a hologram. So I have no idea. Bless you, though. I'm, life is hard, even if you are a machine. I was saying that to my toaster the other day. I was like, I know that you don't have it easy, because I looked down in it, and there was nothing, all these burnt crumbs and everything. I thought, I'm so sorry. There's this detritus of my sin. The blind spot in my morality is gathering there in that little tray. And so I emptied it out, and I cleaned it. But I really could have short-circuited it. That happened to the stove. There was a bit of neglect, and the neglect shorted something out. Oh, that's a lesson for everybody. Get that mole checked or something like that. Now, we're going to walk into a cave. Now, what sort of cave? I've been in lots of caves, Hardy. Who? Hello? No, I'll talk like that for you. That's the thing about it. It's wonderful to have a radio show. It's just like social media, except... No one's going to mess with you with a response or anything like that. You can just forge ahead, and you'll never really know what people, how they're reacting. Because that, we're not prepared for that. I'm not prepared for that. So I don't want to know little hearts or thumbs up or thumbs down or angry faces. or They used to have a little, little, a little gun or something. I don't know. But you don't, I don't need that. So uh, this is wonderful. Radio show is wonderful for that. So I can just go on and on and do the really intellectual equivalent of posting pictures of my grandchildren, and we'll have a wonderful time. But today is a guided tour through the mind. Now, this has been done before. They have guided meditation. They've heard of that. And they'll walk you through, and you're relaxing on a cloud, or you're relaxing on, a, on the subway, your chin's on your chest, but you're relaxed. And all this stuff is going on around you. But for some reason, you're really very, you're very sleepy now. So that kind of thing. And then there's the guided mediation, where instead of going to court, a lot of people will agree to put on headphones and have really relaxing music and running water played. 
and they'll come out of it and they go, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not going to sue. I think we can work this out. And then there's all, you can guide all sorts of things. I would like to explore the depths of the human soul because I think that's important. Why? Oh, mainly just right around the moment of death. But you could use it at other times of the year, I think, at family gatherings or anything. Self-knowledge can come in handy. And you can only have it if you explored, really, the, have you spelunked your soul? We used to have that bumper sticker at my seminary. I didn't go in any seminary. But I've gone lots of places in my mind, so why not? They said, you can go anywhere in your mind. And I was like, okay, I'll go to trade school. But they, didn't, they don't mean that. They mean you can travel anywhere. And they go, oh, I can go to problematic places on the globe. What do you mean problematic? I don't mean, I just mean, you know, violent or something. Places where I'd be instantly killed or kidnapped. It doesn't bother me, but uh, it's, the imagination is a way better way to get there. And I'm sort of that kind of travel agent, maybe. I thought those were like filmmakers and everything. I don't know. So listen, come with me, won't you, to these caves. Now, I imagine these caves are like the caves in Europe that have the cave drawings on the side. They'll have, you go in very far. I was, I've been in one in southern France. And they say this is tens of thousands of years old. People went in there and they walked back kilometers. No light. Well, they had a torch maybe. And then they made, and then did graffiti. Well, it's kind of pointless. But then, or put their hand, I was just leaning on the wall. I didn't realize I had all this soot on my hand. I'm so sorry. I was just leaning on the wall, stuff like that. And then they draw like, oh, this is supposed to be a bison. And they go, I don't think so. I think that's something, you know. Um, I saw, I will just as an aside, I saw 2,000-year-old graffiti that was, human genitalia carved in stone in an aqueduct in southern France. It was a Roman aqueduct in um, like Nîmes or something. And there it was. And I was like, is that what I think it is? And then you go to the information desk and they go, yes, it is. And I go, that's really awesome. But I digress. This could be in your cave. That's the Thing. I don't know what's in your mind. My, if we go into this deep, dark place, and then it could suddenly open up. Now, in the movies, it does that. You'll notice they can go into caves, the journey to the center of the earth or something, and everybody's center, the center of the earth looks suspiciously like the top of the earth because that's really ideal. Is that heating and light source. It's proximity to the stove. We used to say in the old days when, you know, we are heating a house or something, it's the same way... With the sun, it's uh, just really in the right spot. A little closer would be, and eh, not, not so good. But this is the really, I know it's a little chilly sometimes, but you don't want to get too close to the heater, or you, you burn up. I was living with friends who were made of tissue paper, and, and I was, oh, let's light the fireplace, and they was like, let's not. I said, why? You know, you can stand back, and they go, yeah, but it sucks you in. There's something about it sucks all the air in the room up to the, don't you know how chimneys work? And then I realized that I didn't. I said, well, no, I'm so sorry. I wanted to say something sarcastic like, do I look like Santa Claus? But I do sort of look like Santa Claus, so I did not say that. I said merely, 
Oh, I'm sorry, and you learn something new every day. One person's heating source may be another's inferno. And so I learned that from my little gentle paper people, and they are very delicate. And I have friends like that. Some are made of uh, tissue, and others are made of iron and harder things even. I have people, my friends of mine, who are made from tanzanite. Is that something? I think it is. Is it a man-made one or they find it? I don't know. I used to watch the Gemstone channel for a while when I was, you know, just, I thought, oh, I don't want to watch anything where I have to pay attention to a story. But I, I do need to see colors go by and things like that. And I'd I'd blown through and binge-watched all of the Baby Mozart tapes. This is back in the 90s. And I was like, oh, I can't, which I love. But uh, And they are sort of like visually palate cleansing a little bit. But they're also mentally challenging. I can see where they'd show them to babies. You go, I don't quite get this. And we used to do that. We used to show babies. Say, look at babies. This is a confusing thing. There was um, a baby show that was sort of like, oh, let's do something that's kind of Lynchian or something like that. And they would have these like Booba and Teletubbies and everything, which were surreal because they thought, well, you're, aren't we all born surrealists? But I don't, I don't know. I think that that nightmare world of the very young person it's just their way of seeing the, the normal world. So if you take the normal world, you turn it into a sort of like surrealist nightmare world and then show it back to them, you create a, a meta loop of misperception. And that makes the, I call it the boobaizing of, of humanity. And it didn't get in everybody, but I see it in so many young people today. I go, you watch the Teletubbies. And they go, yeah, how can you tell? I go, because look, look at you. There's, what is that, like some kind of purple custard? What, what would, who would make something like that? Not purple, pink. I'm, I messed it up. It's pink custard, isn't it? Pink custard. I think somebody who was raised on Dr. Seuss is just as likely to make some kind of pink viscous stuff as a young person is. And I love that. I love that about all ages. I like being with all generations. People who are just just got here, very young people, say, hey, one of you just got here. Sort of at a weird time, but doesn't everybody arrive at a weird time? I was, uh, I arrived at a strange time in world history. We all do. And then I like very, very old people. You know, some of my friends are in their 200s. No, that's not true. Now I'm fibbing. Who's my oldest friend? Oh, I've just had lost some in their 90s. People get to their 90s and that's a rough one. You get past that, you're all right for a couple of years because you're I'm 100 and that gives you some juice for the next two or three years. But then, um, yeah, I think uh, I'm looking for a, maybe a 100-year-old friend. That would be about right. What year would you be born, friend? You're an idiot. I am. That'd be 1923, wouldn't it? Oh, you're a funny idiot. I may be. I don't know if I am or not. It's so great to make your acquaintance. 1923. 
Well, I had my grandmother was born in 1913 and my grandfather in 1906. So I might know some jokes that you like. I don't even know. I who, Listen to this. Would you like to hear my uh, Joe Panner impression? Not really. Okay. What? 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 Never mind. Don't never mind me. Sorry. Gosh, I'd sometimes I love friends and also, just like anything, things are a burden. For instance, like you, you go, oh, I want to eat, and you eat, and then just a few hours later, that eating becomes a burden, especially if you're driving or something. You go, oh, well, now, now I'm paying the price because I have to pass it. And nobody, you know, I had to pay to get it, but now I might have to pay to get rid of it. Who knows? Nobody wants it. Nobody's looking for it. So you do have to pay to get rid of it, by the way. That's what your surge bill is for. They go, we're going to take your, we'll cart away your waste, your human waste for a price. All right, where's it go? Don't, never you mind. So I guess some people, you know, some people care. Most people don't really want to know what happens to anything. Garbage or, I just want it gone. Most things are like, you know, in John Wick, when he has, he has to murder a bunch of people. Who hasn't this happened to? So you gun down a bunch of thugs in your um, house. And then um, you call somebody. You go, hey, there's a lot of counter agents or something, assassins that I just killed in my house. I need them all cleaned up. I don't want to see these bodies again. And they come and they wrap them in plastic. And um, they take them away. And people like that done with so many things in their, in their life. I've got these things. I have this consequence of my moral decision. And I would like someone to come and uh, wrap it up in cling wrap like it's an old rug. And it might have bed bugs. And then take it to the, bury it deep in the landfill, if you don't mind. And we do this with a lot of things. Because it's harder to recycle things, especially the bodies of our enemies. But I don't mean that, you know, literally. But figuratively, who are our enemies? Well, none in this cave. Moisture, moisture can be your enemy in a cave like this. Let's be careful where we sleep or we're going to wake up all slimy or something. That's one reason I don't go camping is because I don't want to wake up. What if I wake up covered with moss or something that's grown on me? You know, that'd be crazy, like like the swamp thing or something. Like, oh, it's I've become I've become the swamp. I don't want that. I like uh, I've been to some hotels like that where you think this is a little it's a little damp in here. I hope there's nothing growing. But I prefer that to when they sterilize the air. That's why the cave feels like a good. It's not really super wet in here in your mind. Am I right? Yes. Okay, let's also, let's walk in together. Here we go. I'm sorry it's taken so long, but I need to, I needed to brief you. So, also, we've got to acclimate ourselves slowly. You cannot descend into the depths of the human mind or a cave or anything without considering that the deeper you go, the more pressure there is on you. Do you hear me? The deeper you go into your mind, the more pressure there is on you. So you have to go in gradually. You have to ease your way in. You have to slide in slowly. Just let's walk in like we belong here. That's the first step. 
is you walk into the lobby and you start nodding and smiling like you belong. Yes, everybody's having cocktails here in the front of the cave. But we're going to move in more deeply to where the, all the drawings of bison are. And that's where we really want to go, where the light doesn't penetrate. Oh, but there's still things happening. Now, how do we get light down there? The same way that the fishes who are, are in what they call the dismal depths of the ocean, down these big cracks in the surface of the earth that have water in them, and then things go down in there, like blind shrimp and these fish that have other decoys and stuff dangling from their face. I'm glad people don't have that. Uh, who lure you in, like, oh, I'm going to make you my victim, and go, there's something, what's hanging in front of your face? Something you like. They would have big fleshy car keys. It's a fleshy, bony appendage that looks like car keys. They go, what's that keys to? Oh, your favorite sports car. But it's not. It's just part of their head. And if you reach for it, they'll bite you. But their jaw comes out like uh, alien jaw. Where is this happening? Well, down in here, in your crazy brain, that's not in my brain, man. Well, it is now. If I'm in there, think about that. If I am now in the cave, then my brain is in your brain cave. Now, you have talked in the past, Hardy, about sort of mind. You don't say mind palace. No, I don't, because I feel like that's classist. I say mind. What do you say? I don't remember. But I say something like that, house or mansion well that would be that would be too it's a big it used to be a mansion now it's a boarding house it's not a boarding house it's a co-op but it used to be it was a brothel and then it was a funeral parlor and then it was a french restaurant and then people rented out rooms to college students and then uh, some of the college students they got older and they all bought it together and now it's a it's a cooperative and they've really made it nice because one of them is rich so it's funny how things work out I want a lovely place to live, and that is your mind. That's some of us. Mine might be more humble. I really don't know. A lot of times, don't you feel like you're, that you're, if you did have a mind house, that it's actually a duplex? And you go, oh, yeah. You know, it's my, it's my mind, but I feel like I share a wall with, with somebody else or another mind or something. Well, that would be ideal for marriage. No, but not that way. I mean, in a more like, I don't know these people. What goes on on the other side of that wall? And I wish it was one of those proper firewalls that extended beyond the roof. But it isn't. It feels just like an ordinary wall, but there's another family who lives on the other side and the duplex on the other side of my mind. I wish there were music right now going on, don't you? I think it would be more effective as far as uh, mood. Mood is so important. The meaning of my words, I've always thought and I've been told, are meaningless. Well, that may be. But is every note of music having, having the meaning all the time? What? You heard me. Does every, every note of a symphony... Does it all have meaning, or is it something that goes together? Is it a feeling, of, especially if it's experimental and boring? And I've been to things like that, and I go, this is wonderful. Another thing you want to do if you suddenly fall asleep, 
like you nod off and you go, uh, and you wake up, go like, oh, there's so much space, like that. You know, oh, people titter. But really, you were. That's an effect that music can have. I was talking to a composer. I went back in time. You know, I have this time machine, and I was speaking to some composers that I love, and I said, often I will drift off to your music. I will fall asleep. One of them slapped me. But another one said, that's a valid, that's just as valid a reaction as, you know, wetting yourself or cheering or writing a letter saying, I just heard this beautiful sati piece and uh, something like that, he said. So I thought, I said, Eric, thank you. And that was uh, sati and I speak a lot of times. Why? You're not going to believe this, but we both have the same haberdasher, the hat maker, hat place. And we both take our dogs to the same. It's not a kennel. It's one of those, they'll mind your dog, but also if you go away, you can keep it there. And they're really sweet. And there's a vet on site. And they have a little play area and they divide it up by dog size. And Sati's dog is very tiny. And, um, but... You know, and then we try to arrange for our dogs to be there at the same time. And it never works out because he's been dead so long. I, I wonder about that. And I don't really bring my dog when I time travel because they tell you not, not to. Um, they say time travel for dogs is like chocolate. I said, okay, that's all you need or, or xylitone or something or whatever is in the sugarless gum. I said, you needn't say any more. I do not want to hurt my 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 beautiful doggy, and now they're getting old too. They would just be burdensome if I had adventures, and I wanted to go back. I hope if there's a real Mister Peabody, oh my God, I feel like an idiot right now because I'm I'm kind of slagging time travel and dogs. Oh, all of you young and do any of you young enough to remember television, or old enough, rather, are any of you young enough to remember anything? That's a thing too. You know, you can be, some of my listeners are so young, they don't remember anything. Or they remember too much, and they're trying to forget it. A lot of times we come into this world with memories, maybe. Probably not. But what if we did? I know that I would spend maybe the first year trying to get it all out of my head. Like, that's the last thing I want to be thinking about, you know? And I'm sure some of them in the future is like that. Like, I'm surely my who. I don't want to be, I want to be me. Because, you know, you're starting over. You're not that person. I feel that way with ancestry, too, though. You know, you're not your ancestors, really. Please, please, fresh start, is what I always say. You don't want to drag those corpses around with you ever. People are like, oh, I'm proud of my ancestry. You don't know these people. You know, I want to do that. That'd be a great series. We just show up, you meet your ancestors, they hate you and they kill you. That's it. That's the whole series. Every, every week. Every week, you great, great, great grandfather, oh, stab, you know, and then you go, oh, do I cease to be? No, you don't cease. You do, but we're fine because that it's only works the other way. And um, you know, I think, well, oh gosh, you know, you've, I really don't have a lot in common with these people that are just a few generations removed, really, even physically. Isn't that something? We just keep keep going. The, Biology keeps flowing like that, but some people want to hold on to that. So yes, even though he is 
my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, I feel that I should have his job because I resemble him around the mouth or something like that. Or look at, my, look at the eyebrows. Who's that remind you of? Great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather who was looking at an important person. And so, ergo, I am. No, it does not work that way, I don't believe. I don't know how. It doesn't really work anyway. That's the beauty of it. How does it work? Or if it doesn't work that way, how is it supposed to work? That's not the... I don't know that that's the question. I don't think that's the question. That's why I'm so... Why are you silent? I think it's the question is the problem, not me. Right? I don't blame myself. Like Chinatown. It's not really... I really don't. I just... Now, I've been here many years on Earth. But I just also feel like I just got here. Because I, every time I learn something, I unlearn something else. Because I have to I go, okay, well, that's not true. And this is. Everything, everything shifts. It definitely has a kind of cascading effect. Or it should. Let me give you an example. I just read the other day that Trinity College in Ireland was going to rename something. Because it's named after... Bishop Barclay, the uh, philosopher. And the reason they're renaming it is because he was also a, a slavery fancier. Uh, he, he, was, he argued in favor of it and had slaves. And they're like, well, you know what? Maybe he's not, not such a great guy. So they're going to change the name, which is absolutely great. They always feel the need to qualify it. They always say, oh, but you know, he contributed so much to philosophy. And he has. You know, his legacy is pretty substantial um and you think well you know what he a lot of what he said is really still relevant and in you know whatever and uh but here's the thing that i've thought about that because i've thought about it with francis galton the person who came up with the idea with uh for eugenics he also came up with some other ideas that people like you know, look him up. He wasn't, you know, say, well, it wasn't all bad. But my contention is this. <laughs> if there really is something fundamentally horrible and wrong with your worldview, why is, why is then you're going to get sort of the other things right? It, it seems to me a bit tainted that you start looking at it with those glasses. It seems an Achilles heel. And uh, I would say, you know, you really can start to doubt everything that a philosopher says if he's a person whose morality is abhorrent because you're going to find that. I bet that is going to work its way into things. I bet somehow if you look at this view of the universe or something, you know, how is to be is to be perceived, you know, you think about it, you know. I, I'm not going to break it down right now for you. Why? Because well, I'm a, because I'm foolish. But also, um, perhaps, perhaps things are uh, wronger than we realize. Uh, perhaps people are often more. We look for redemptive things in their in their thinking. But I think if you see the world in a way 
that is pro or tolerates cruelty and that kind of suffering, and then I, I really am not even going to ask you for your recommendations for restaurants because it's, you know, well, that one's pretty obvious because we could be, you know, eating my friends or something. But uh, for anything, really, doesn't that just ruin everything? It does for me. I, I don't know, maybe. I go, yes, but you should, you can, he, uh, you know, he can, he's like lepetamine. He can make his gas sound like music. Well, still, it's not, that's not redemptive enough for me. Oh, my goodness. I'm not condemning people. I'm just saying I'm going to clean out the closet of my brain. I have let some things in. I go, well, I'm going to tolerate that or leave that in there. I go, why not? Let's, let's pull it out and question it. Maybe it contains some kind of horror that's secretly infecting some of your other thoughts. Maybe I'm tolerating some things in there. Let's look in this cave. Let's go in there, shall we? What's in here? It's like pulling the stove away. Like, let's do it. I don't want to see it. Let's pull the stove away from the wall. Let's just see what's back there. Oh, good Lord. That's why people say that, because it's a religious kind of thing. It's like looking in the depths of something. Oh, I've thought I'd hidden these secrets. I didn't have to deal with them. I just kept putting them in what I thought was a bottomless pit. And you go, that's not a bottomless pit. That's a hole in the floor. And it's also, coincidentally, a hole in my ceiling. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Yes. So all of the things that you didn't want to deal with came cascading down upon my... What? What did I ruin? Well, does it really matter? It came into my space. But what did it come down on? Okay, it came down on a tarp. Well, that's not too bad. I know, but it could have been anything. It could have been my dining room table. That's not the point. The point is that you need to keep track of all the garbage that you make. Let, let's try to try to make less. That's what I try to do. I try to walk through the world. I say, I'm going to make fewer footprints. That's why sometimes when I come in your, you'll notice that when I entered your cave, I put on paper booties. I stood there. The guy who did my, who fixed my stove, he had his own welcome mat. He came up to the door. He put down his own welcome mat that said like, you know, Mr. Stove is here. Then he used that to stand on to put on his paper booties. And I was like, oh, man, my filthy floor is going to ruin your nice booties, your paper booties. So, but I didn't say that, but that's the case. But it's nice. That's thoughtful. And then, but I do that when I walk around in your mind. Why wouldn't I? I always, I, I don't take off my shoes because none of us want that. But I totally, totally will put on what looks like uh, hair covering for a person with a very tiny skull but I'll put them on my feet. And they keep me from making a, a mess on your, I don't know who has white carpet, but it looks good, but I wouldn't trade places with you. Not as a grape, uh, grape juice drinker. I drink a lot of grape juice, and it makes me shaky. So I would never have a white rug. But some people, they don't mind. And the way I look at it, too, is, have you ever seen... Uh, a Passover Haggadah that's got Mogan David stains all over it. And you think, this one's been through something, you know? And because it's been used. 
Or did you ever get a book from the library and you open it and you see like an eyelash or something and you gag a little? Because you're like, how many, is that an eyelash or a nose hair? That's why I don't really use the library. Sometimes I'll get, or I have a sterilizer at home. And um, I'll put the books in this, this machine I made. I'll think, I'll say, take out all human DNA out of that book right now. And then I'll read it. I don't think that's crazy. You know, when the pages disappear, that's what's scary. You go, good Lord, what kind of edition was that? So that wouldn't be bad if you were alive. I would have, if I had to have something removed or say, could you use the skin of it to make a little something, make me something. Because I was at a uh, museum, was it Ripley's or something that has the, somebody's tattoos in there. And they're, after they passed away, they cut the tattoo off the arm and they dried it like leather. And you can see them. It's macabre, yes, but also very macabre. So you've got that. It's pretty horrifying. I saw I brought that up. Why do you bring that up? I'll tell you why I do. Because I love to I walk in the world of life and death. I walk in the world of dreams and reality. I mix them up like a martini or a reverse martini. It's a cocktail. Ah, stir it all together. Sometimes I shake it if I'm in the mood. I'll shake it. Yes, you want to. And oftentimes, I'll stir it up, little darling. But I always mix things together because I know there's multiple worlds that we live in. There's joy and there's sadness. There's grief. And there's uh, that kind of super all-consuming grief. There's uh, not everything is an opposite. Some things are compliments. You're looking wonderful today. So are you. Uh, I forget. Um, you were, uh, your red outfit is very nice. So was your green one or something like that. I forget what are compliments. I used to, I used to know when I was making flags for nations of the world I would be consulted and they would go what colors go together I go well let me think about it tell me something about your land I'm just going to take some notes what are some exports and they go well these little nut things that you grind down that we people use and uh, they use it in gum and dog food all right stuff like that everything is pertinent and then you take your notes any kind of other industry um they make they make movies here what kind of movies? Oh, stuff. Kind of, you know, just junk about junk. But then you incorporate all that into the flag, and you can do this. And also, I'll make you a logo if you tell me a little something about it. And a thing I don't do anymore is do try to do caricatures in the logo. Because I remember one nation came to me, and they said, could you make our dictator do like a little character uh, caricature? Um, and what, what does he like to do for hobby? And they go, oh, you know, I don't, he likes to arrest judges. And they go, okay, I'll do that. Great, that's great. So I did a little caricature, and we're going to use that as the middle of the, of the logo. And then, this is the dumbest part, was uh, they gave me their motto in their language, and I thought, I'm going to Google translate it into Latin. So that's where I messed it up. Uh, there was a big fuss. I don't do the logos anymore. But I will do some that are abstract. 
I don't mind that. So people say, I would learn to like a logo that doesn't look like some um, subgroup of a Nazi Air Force or something. Yes, yes, I can do that. So I'll do that because a lot of insignias, you go, well, that's too much. That one looks scary. But you want a fun thing, a fun thing that also looks like a, a scary rune. Could it, is there something like that? I thought back and I saw I thought I I saw something like that carved into an aqueduct in Neem. So I'll make you something like that. Make it maybe it, make it look like a little fountain or something like that for your logo. And they say, yes, that sounds fantastic. I would like to do that. And that's how the I forget what what company it was for. I got out of that business. I'm not really any, any any business right now. I do like I do errands for old people. Usually by old people, I mean myself and my friends. They'll say, "Could you run me an errand, Hardy?" And I say, "I don't have a car anymore." So I've gotten out of a lot of it. But if it's next door, they go, "Well, you just go out your front door and there's a bag. Just bring it inside." Oh, I'd like to, but I'm in the middle of something. That's very Tallahassee. So yeah, I'm doing a, hey, I'm doing a concert on your front porch. Yeah, I can get, I'm not going, really going to go out tonight. I love small, I love living in small towns. I've lived in, I've lived in towns that were so small, they were just the people that were in the apartment that I was in. But we still had structure. And we still, it wasn't authoritarian though. It was beautiful and cooperative. But there were little Little churches and all those kind of things were still there. It, no matter how small the social group, there's always going to be some things in common, aren't there? Like places to get, like little stores where people confuse their hobby with their, you know, with some artisanal craft. I don't know. I'm not putting anybody down. I like more trade things like that. So I want to make you my special sugar cookies. Ah, those are not super hard to make, but bring, okay, you know, I'm going to start a business doing it. Okay, don't do that. I like if somebody makes something really difficult, though, they should probably start a business. They go, no, but this is really hard to make. You know, oh, I make them cheaply and easily. Then you should start a business, I think. Other than that, probably not, if it's just something super easy. My spaghetti's good, right? And go, yeah, if you use like jarred sauce and dried pasta. Yeah, but I'm thinking of open a place called Spaghetti's. Don't do that. People might go, though. Who, who knows? You know, I really don't know. I don't give advice like this for a reason. I've been told not to. Say, Artie, you are probably so able to ruin someone's life because I'll tell you why. I say, oh, well, please tell me why because that's horrifying. And they'll say, I'll tell you why right after this. I think it's, they said, because, you know, maybe, if, what if you say something convincingly? Because radio has a certain power, doesn't it? It can compel you to do things. They do, they get people with very important sounding deep voices sometimes to be on radio. To tell you to do things. To tell you they're going to, a lot of times it's just to tell you they're going to play oldies all day. All oldies? All the time like that or something, but it could be something important. They've got rules, you know, 
about broadcast that say you can't call to action. You know, you just say, calling all robots, calling all robots, meet at First Street with our robot army. You couldn't say that if it was a, that doesn't have really a possibility of happening. So I'm allowed to do that. But I think anything if I say, let's go do this or something, I can't use the radio for that. I don't think so. People, you know, they morally try to get right up to that point. You know, it'd be terrible if something happened to blah, blah, blah. But really, that's a big no-no. What am I trying to get you to do? Explore your own consciousness? That sounds, oh, that's, man, I'm so sorry. Don't, don't get them to do that, Hardy. The reason I want you to look inside yourself is because if you're looking inside of yourself, you won't be looking at me, maybe, and I can survive. Who knows? But a little self-examination is not bad. We should always self-examine. Also, it's fun. I would do I would do videos for it, but I'm past that age. But we should always, you know, don't be afraid to face face yourself. I look in the mirror all the time. And it's it used to be great years and years ago, but I've done it just as uh, every day as a habit. And it's so funny. I'm glad I don't have a time lapse. Uh, very, and like the end, you go, didn't something happen at the end of Dorian Gray and the picture ages real rapidly? That's what it looked like. It's funny, though. It's fun. Um, Francis Galton also invented that technique of taking pictures and overlaying them so you get a composite kind of like two faces what would they look like together he came up with that he came up with it as a way of getting to like the best face though so there's there's your problem again where's that in diagnose the infection dr hardy i will i will diagnose the infection the infection is trying to have power over other creatures. Mm, that's it. There it is. It's coming out. I am the demon. Ah, oh, that's the demon that's infecting so many and so many uh, horrible ways of thinking and has been around for a long time. And I've been battling this demon on all the fronts every time it pops up through history. I'm there, Hardy White, battling this demon. And the demon is this idea that you can have control over another life. Oh, it infects anything like authoritarianism, and it, uh, it's the root cause of bullying. And oh, once you accept that you can do that, then it becomes ruthless. You see, that's all those myths of the brothers that kill one another. One or another, well, one of them kills the other. And then, the others, if the other was still there, he'd come back. And uh, if he could come back, he'd come back and kill the other one. they just keep doing that for eternity. And I guess they do. That's the rest of the story. But listen, there's a way to banish it. Oh, yes, there is. You see it done all the time. It doesn't have to have a voice. You don't have to give voice to this idea. We can say just the opposite, that I lift up and celebrate life and I celebrate others and I protect them and they protect me and we grow in this wonderful uh, place together. Oh, yes you can, yes you can do it. Do what? I've forgotten, but I think positively because then when the thought comes back, you'll be ready for it.
So the important thing is, is to never uh, become what you loathe. And that's so easy to do. You're, oh, I'm going to do this because I hate it. Well, that's probably, don't, let's not do that. But let's recognize the infection, the idea that permeates lots of things that seem benign. Like, I'm not really, so I'm the tour guide, but the docent doesn't have any kind of special power over you. I'm just showing you. Once I show you how to get through this cave, and let's come on, let's everybody step in. Can I get everybody to step in a little more? There's plenty of room. You can't see it because there's no light, but let's step in. I got something to say about the cave. All right, all right. So I don't have any special knowledge. The only thing is I've been in here before. And so I'm just going to give you a few pointers, and I'm telling you, if you've been on one or two of these cave tours, you'd be able to do the tour yourself. That's how it works. See, I impart the information, and then now you have it too. Now we can all navigate this place together, and that's what we want. We want you to know where the hands are on the wall, where the drawings of the bison are, so that we don't ruin those messages from the past. Once we all know... We might reach an era where docents are not necessary. But right now, the tour guide is still part of our life. Let's follow me now. Keep your hands up inside of your armpits. What does that smell? That smells good. What is that? That's your antiperspirant. Yeah, I was just, I'll walk with you. Okay, you walk with me. Talkative tour group member. Oh, uh, yes, I just had a, a question. Um, I was wondering, what kind of wood did they burn to make this soot? I don't know, man. Well, I don't know. <laughs> what kind of, I don't know. You look into it. That looks like something, that seems like something that you could uh, look up and have fun exploring. What kind of wood? I don't know. If they made, it could burn anything and then it's the charcoal that I guess you could do some tests on it, but we really don't want you to do that. Knowing that, I don't understand why you need to know that. Well, it's just I'm just curiosity. I don't think it is, see. I think you were just trying to think up some question that you thought was clever or something. I want to think of something about other tour uh, people don't ask So, because I want to appear smart or something. I want to kiss up to the docent. But I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a big loser here. You're impressing nobody. Why would you want? I don't care. I don't know. And it doesn't impress me. So let's just, uh, man, just get what you can out of the tour. Bless you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to explode. It's not a lot of air in here when I give these tours. But it's going to open up into a big gaping paradise. And you can see like the faux sky that's really made of some blue gas that's on fire. And then, but there's a beautiful lush garden beneath that. And waterfalls and everything. It looks just like an indoor restaurant from the 70s. It's beautiful. It's like paradise. And sometimes it rains because, you know, the moisture gets up there to the ceiling and then it comes back. But when the rain comes down, it's all mixed with like, like bat guano or something. Or was that? No, it couldn't be bats. Bats don't poop up. Their poop doesn't go up. It still goes down. So bat guano is on the floor. What's up there on the roof of this strange underground cave world? I don't know. It's been so long since I've been. I've been... Uh, what they call a top dweller now for for a really long time i have my i don't go down into the caves where our our wonderful siblings who live subterraneanly live 
And it's not just them. There's all sorts of animals that have evolved to live down there. Like there's, there's a kind of a translucent cow. You can see its heart beating right through its see-through skin. Because there's no light down there. And it doesn't, its eyes are pink and blind. And it just walks around, doesn't, and its moo is very, it's much smoother and not as loud. Because, you know, the echo, and it just goes, because it echoes off the walls and everything. It's beautiful. It's a whole nother world. And I'm so glad to go down there with you. I'm glad that you are curious. I'm glad that you're unafraid of, of learning new things that won't get you anywhere or won't help you. You can... Well, we all know about that. Not all learning is edifying or not all information really is beneficial. You know, I hate to say. So, you know, you can learn things because not all information is true. Therefore, you can have a worldview that is established, a reality that is established that is horrifyingly wrong. Well, was it relevant? I don't know. It isn't if you're suffering. I don't want you to do that. Oh, or others either. That's the thing. We've got a little checklist to say, are you suffering? No, I'm good. Are others? Maybe. Okay, we'll work on that. Very few people, they either have to work on one. You know, you say, are you suffering? Yes. Okay, let's get that. Let's get that fixed. Sometimes two just takes care of itself because sometimes others are suffering because you are. Did you not know this? Yes, this can be. <clears throat> oh, my goodness, to love and be loved. I know you know what, I, what that's about. You know, if somebody loves you and you're hurting, well, they can be hurting too. It's hard for them not to suffer, and we'd like to think they don't. That's one of those things that we bury under that, we sweep under the rug, but there's a hole under that rug, and that's your neighbor's ceiling, and it goes somewhere, and it has a legacy, and they know all that dirt that goes down. So, oh, my goodness, you can't hide it. Oh, I'm not saying you're being judged or God sees it or anything. I'm just saying that things don't disappear. They go to the landfill. They go somewhere. So things that we don't recycle and that we don't remake into something else in our soul, they go somewhere and they either sit and they fester or they uh, begin uh, odor, put on a odor, put on an odor. They can put on a good odor too. Because so some things are rotten, and you can't, for instance, back in the, in the, in the Santo Domingo, you couldn't uh, uh, bury important people's bodies under the church because it's too hot, and they would smell all rotten and things like that. So some things have an odor when they break down. Other things can be like oud. Now, I think oud is like, uh, product of like agar wood or something with some mold on it or some special condition of of changing as it gets all decay and some things smell nice when they're breaking down like hay does that too i think puer tea sometimes uh depends on decaying hay hey because it smells kind of nice you ever been to a barn or something and go Mm, something smells good. I hope it's not poop or something. Um, because something that smells like animally but nice. So there's lots of things like that. As soon as we expand our um, palate, either with visually and smellily, uh, olfactorily, orally, orally, and anyway, then you can have a richer world. 
see more things. I like lots of different kinds of music and lots of different kinds of art. So that means that I'm uh, like there's more universality in my appreciation. I can go to any museum or I can go to any kind of music show. And that's a nice thing. Uh, maybe I'm encouraging that. Is that what's in there? I don't know what's back in here. I think also sometimes you find remains of maybe character actors from back in the day in television shows where they would go in caves, you know, and there's always somebody lived there, 9 or 49 or some soldier didn't know the war was over. That happens. And they, they might be back. Their bones might be there. Some adventure. You never know the story. As a, as a child, if that ever popped up, there'd be ever bones in a cave, I'd like, let's just pause and think about the bones. I should have been like an anthropologist or something. I don't want to go forward. Let's just think about who this person might have been. That's always been my interest. So I'm pausing on the bones because I like to think about what might have been or what was. I like to work through things. Maybe I can help uh, not steer this leaf that is riding on a stream of water. I can't control it. Maybe if I slightly know where it's going, I can prepare myself or become more streamlined or something or lend a hand. Who knows? But that's all I ask for is some vision of things. I can't control it, I don't think. Maybe if I could see it, I could maybe not make it worse. Oh, give me vision enough to see where I'm doing harm. So at least if it's me, because what if it, oh, isn't that awful? You go, what's that? I don't know. I don't know. And what if it is you? Oh, I don't want that. So I'd rather not deny it. Let's just face it and let me clean up or something or do something about it or adjust my diet. But it's okay. Be brave. Explore. You're all right. You will survive some good, a good, hard self-analysis. Be like a home inspector. For yourself, say, I'm going to crawl into my own crawl space, up into my own crawl space. Popeye could do that. He was so limber. He would. He would sometimes Popeye in those old cartoons, the old fun ones, he would bend over and he'd come up behind himself and he'd put his head up in his own bottom and then go inside, turn himself inside out, come out of his mouth, turn into a sort of human Moebius strip. And then like that, come up the other side. Making me, making those things. Kind of do that mumble talking they did in the early Popeyes, and then be himself again. But that's limber, and people can do that. Yoga people can do that to go. Well, I'm gonna bite my own butt and everything. So okay. Oh my goodness. Um, I wouldn't leave out. I would. I'd leave your house if you were doing that. Oh no, that's not what I meant. Well, I would, and then I. Couldn't do it in my own house because of the image of your house. And that doesn't happen in your cave, though. I love it here. It's a beautiful place. Well, let me put my arms around you. If I have done anything to make your life worse in any way, I apologize. And maybe you should... I would wish really hard that, I've, that I can uh, change or I'll find... But don't tell me because that will embarrass me. But if you just hope really hard that I'll know why and that I will change. Again, don't tell me what I'm doing wrong because that might make me 
upset or self-conscious or anything. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't read the comments. No, I do. I do and I don't. I love you so much. But uh, I always have. Here's the thing. My goodness. We all of us fear rejection, don't we? And sometimes we need to steel ourselves again, uh, uh, you know, against that and not care. Other times we have to care. And it becomes very tiring a lot of times. You go, when should I care what people think and when should I not care? And a lot of times people err on the side of not caring at all. So when you stop caring at all what other people think, you stop caring what happens to other people too because you don't know what's going on in their mind and you don't really care. So you don't even care how your actions may harm them. And you say, well, I don't care. It's my wife. Well, there you go. Care a little. Now, you don't have to care so much. Well, what if I care so much it harms me? Well, don't then. Like, a, get a dimmer switch for your caring. That's what I did. You know, I can go, I'll just, you know, I can adjust it then. That way, if it's damaging me, I can pull it back or something. But I'm never going to shut it off. And I would really like to get to the point where I could just keep it on. That'd be lovely. So, oh, I keep, it, I keep it on high when I'm with you. I do. It's like a, I want to be a seat warmer as well in your life. You get in and you go, oh, this old life is like chilly, a chilly old fake leather car seat. Hardy, and you are like a German car bottom warmer in that you have, there's a couple different settings. And I feel like if you're, if you're bringing it too hot, You'll know, you know when to tone it down and everything like that. I grew up in Florida. I grew up getting into cars in shorts on, uh, you know, whatever that vinyl stuff was. And then absolutely burning, really literally burning your skin. Really awful. It was awful. No, no, it was really dumb. I think people now don't park in the shade, but for... It feels like for a good 20 years, people were just too stupid to do that. And we just kept getting in the car with like shorts going, oh, God. And it took forever. And I think it wasn't even until the 80s where they go, we could put something on the windshield or something. But before that, it was just like doing the same thing over and over again in the same pain. Same with walking at the beach on hot sand or something. Well, that's just because I don't want to be seen in flip-flops. Who does? You were listening to Miracle Nutrition. On WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in New York City and Rockland County, New York, and online at WFMU.org. That's worldwide, all around the globe. Freeform Radio, the way it was meant to be. WFMU, your station for Freeform Everything. This is WFMU, around the world, around the globe. See you, everybody. Goodbye. I love you.
mahogany. Twins name was Ebony. Her name was mahogany. Twins name was Ebony. Her name was mahogany. Twins name was Ebony.